0: Welcome to King Solomon and the Stoics, a project of denvercolel.org. In this episode, we're going to discover Solomon's keen insight into the concept of intuition, into the power of the subconscious mind, into the ability to really come to intimate knowledge of a subject, so much so that you begin to see the concepts, you begin to see the patterns wherever you look. You begin to really feel it in your bones. This is a level of knowledge, a level of inspiration that allows a person to really, really develop their potential, to really bring forth what's deep within. Because when we connect with our knowledge, when we connect with our expertise and in a superficial way, it, there's, a, there's a barrier, there's a gap between our deepest essence and the subject that we know or the area of of our expertise. But when it comes to deep intuitive knowledge, to intimate knowledge, to the power of the subconscious, when we get to that point, the knowledge and the expertise becomes one with our personality. It melds into this harmonious whole. And what we bring forth to the world on that level is of a completely different quality, of a completely different power. We unleash the deep and enduring strong power we have within, it flows forth like a river, like an unstoppable river, of creativity we can bring forth to the world, we can give to others, we can inspire others, we can inspire ourselves. But how do we tap into this? Solomon has an incredible insight, but before we get there, we first need to define knowledge in the Torah sense. Two steps of this we've discussed in the past, and the focus of this episode will be mostly on Da'at, on this level of intuitive knowledge, of intimate knowledge. The first step of knowledge in the framework we're going to discuss in the next few moments is Chachma, is the first spark of inspiration. Perhaps it's something you read, perhaps it's something you saw. In the world around you interacted, a behavior you noticed in someone else, but there's an idea that sparks in your mind. It's not clear to you what that idea exactly is. It's not clear to you how that idea can be applied, but you have a spark of knowledge, you have a spark of inspiration and you sense, The depth, you sense the essence of whatever it is that's inspiring you, but you can't quite put your finger on it. Then comes the work of Bina, of discernment, of understanding, of contrasting it, of developing it, of seeing how it might be applied, of understanding it better, what it is and what it isn't. Finally, after you've done that process, after you've gone from the spark of inspiration to the understanding, Now you need to internalize that knowledge. Now that knowledge needs to seep into your bones. It needs to become intuitive. It needs to seep into your subconscious. It needs to go deeper and deeper and deeper. That is Da'at, that's an intimate knowledge. That's a point where the knowledge becomes one with your personality. It blends into who you are, your expertise, your knowledge becomes one with who you are and that unleashes the incredible power you have deep within. So how do you tap into that? Perhaps the world teaches us that there's two possibilities. There are two forms of thinking. There's rational thinking, and then there's intuitive thinking. And there's lots of talk of which is more powerful of what should be applied in what situation. The famous story of the leader, the fireman, who's in a house and he has this sixth sense that something's wrong. And he orders his men out right before the floor collapses. And afterwards they grilled him. Why exactly did you have that intuition? What was it based on? And he's really working through There's this detail. The fire was too hot. And it shouldn't have been so hot for a kitchen fire. And so he finally, looking back, realized that he had sensed that the source of the fire was in the basement. It wasn't in the kitchen. And He ordered his men out right before the floor collapsed. But the point is that there's an intuitive knowledge. He had gained such a level of expertise that the knowledge of the difference between one fire and another, that deep knowledge became one with his personality. And so he was able to apply it almost effortlessly in the moment, in a snap decision. He couldn't have the time to deeply rationalize and work through on an analytical level so there's an incredible power to intuition not only is there power but it really unleashes our individuality it unleashes the life force within us on the other hand we sometimes need to really work through rationally and analytically what is going on but the truth is that in life we really need to apply all of our tools all the tools we have in our belt to everything we encounter and so the process of the intellect really should work through all of these elements, through Chachma, through the spark of inspiration, through discernment and understanding, and finally we should seek to develop a sense, a level of intimate intuitive knowledge. The question is, how do we do it? How do we make sure that we're tapping into our intuitive knowledge? How do we ensure that we're tapping into that which is deep within us? How do we get past the roadblocks that so often keep us stuck in rational thinking. And I want to suggest that perhaps we have it wrong. We're used to thinking, and, and the experts use are tell, tell us all the time that there's rational thinking and then there's intuitive thinking. But perhaps we're getting it wrong. Perhaps we always have intuitive thinking, we always have a certain sense of intimate knowledge of whatever thinking, whatever thought processes we're engaging with, but, Perhaps the intuitive thinking can take one of two paths. It can take one of two, can paint one of two pictures. It can either be positive or negative. It can either be growth oriented or limiting. Solomon in verse five of Ecclesiastes Kohelet chapter eight tells us about knowledge of evil. Knowledge of evil. When Adam sinned, he brought into the world a mixture of good and evil knowledge. Knowledge, again, the word da'at refers to intimate, intuitive knowledge. This tells us that it's possible to have intuitive knowledge on an evil level. What does the word evil mean, as we've explained in the past? The Hebrew word for evil is ra, which means cut off something that doesn't come together. It doesn't reach the destination. It doesn't fulfill the ultimate purpose. It may check off five of the boxes, but it doesn't get you anywhere near the end goal of 10. It only gets you halfway there. It's evil in the sense, it's cut off. It doesn't get you to your destination. That's what it means to know evil means that your point of intimate knowledge, your point of intuitive knowledge, where your subconscious dwells, is at a point where things are cut off. It's at a point where things are not coming together. It's at a point where you don't see the ultimate purpose. You don't see the harmonious whole. You don't see the plan. You don't see the pieces of the puzzle blending, blending together to create the beautiful picture that they can create. That is what it means, perhaps, to know evil. The intimate, the intuitive knowledge, the subconscious is stuck in a place of brokenness. So we always have a connection on some level to intuitive knowledge. But sometimes that traps us in a prison of brokenness, in a prison where we don't see where the road leads. But there's a way to unlock the key to powerful intuitive thinking. There's a way to center the subconscious mind. There's a way to center our deepest, innermost being, on a place of goodness, on a place where there is a harmonious whole, where the path leads somewhere, where we see the big picture coming together. How do we do that? Solomon tells us the secret. Verse five reads: "One who guards a mitzvah, one who guards a good deed, a good character trait, will not know a evil an evil ma- an evil thing, an evil manner, because one who guards." a mitzvah, one who guards a good deed, is connected, is centered around something good. If a person creates a good habit in their life, if a person becomes obsessed with kindness, with Torah study, with knowledge seeking, with prayer, with serenity, with giving, with kindness, with just being open and looking to see the need of the other, of being loving, of being caring. If a person becomes obsessed with just one of any of these elements, or so me- one of the so many other possible good character traits, good midos or mitzvos that exist. If a person becomes obsessed with that and his life becomes centered around that, it's a process, it takes time. But slowly we build up a relationship with that good deed. And that becomes our core. And if we feel, if we've gone a day without touching base with that core, we feel like we're missing something. And so we push ourselves to make sure, we push ourselves to make sure we're connected to that core, to that center that we've developed. When we do that, when we give, for example, when we give, we start to see that things work. We start to see the flow. We were given something that we now have the ability to pass on to someone else. And they can pass that gift to someone else. They can pass that smile, that inspiration, that encouragement, that love to someone else. We start to see the flow. We start to see the harmony in all of reality. We start to become connected to a point of goodness, to a point where things come together. Our intuitive, our subconscious starts to develop a point of positivity a point of seeing the greater picture and when we do that when we're centered around an intuitive intimate knowledge of good then the sky's the limit we've started off on the right step because there's a deep secret that Solomon is hinting to us which he goes on to explain in the last words of this verse but first let's get into the concept before we get into the details of the verse and the wording. We've explained thus far that there's a concept of chachma of inspiration, that is yet defined, and then there's a process of defining it. And finally, there's a process process of identifying with that and really internalizing it. But the truth is that that same process works in the reverse as well. And we really need to work the system in both directions. What do I mean? In the reverse, a person starts with intuitive knowledge. They wake up in the morning, they're born into a world whatever their circumstances, whatever the knowledge they're given, whatever the, the ideals and the morals they're raised with. But the bottom line is every single person as an individual, every single person is different. And every person has this deep inner core, this deep sense of right and wrong, this deep sense of aspiration, this deep sense of ambition, this deep sense that they can accomplish in the world. And that is something that really transcends the spark of inspiration because it can be dormant. It's something that precedes the spark of inspiration, but it's dear, it's there deep, deep within each and every one of us. If a person is centered around something good, if a person builds good habits in their lives, or it takes even one good deed to become obsessed with, to own, the person taps into their inner core. They tap into their deep intuitive knowledge of, 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 of a something that really transcends the spark of inspiration. They have a sense of where they're heading. They're having, they have a sense of where they could contribute. And when they start with that, they can work their way up in the reverse. They can start to say, well, where can I kind of center? Where can I apply? What piece of information, what area of expertise, what concept? can lead me forward, can develop that deep inner, intuitive knowledge of mine, what spark of Chachma, what spark of wisdom can begin the process of developing my deep, deep, intuitive, intimate inner self? How can we do that? And that, we start to look around us and we search for inspiration, we find it. And then we find the inspiration, we begin to develop the inspiration. But at all this time, our center, our core, our beginning point is the fact that I have a sense within me that I'm heading somewhere. I have a sense that I have what it takes to contribute to the world. I have a sense of individuality. It's that inner knowledge, it's that dot that's really driving the entire bus to begin with. I take that to inspiration. I take that to development, to discernment, to understanding. And finally, after I followed through the process of understanding, since I was centered to begin with on the level of intuitive knowledge, on my true individuality, at that point, it comes full circle. And where I started comes back to the finish line. I started with deep intuitive knowledge. I developed it into a concept I developed that concept, I defined that concept, and now I'm back at the point where I know who I am, I know what I could contribute, and I go for it, and I bring forth the true life that each and every, each and every one of us have within. There's no person that is not capable of greatness. And we see this time and time again. You know, we'll hear someone say, you know, when so-and-so is on, you know, they, the, the, they, can, they can accomplish, the sky's the limit. And the truth is, it's true about every single person. When they're on, the sky's the limit. They can do so much good. We just need to be on more often than not. And the way to being on more often than not is to begin with the core, to begin with our inner center. When we are attached to something good, we allow that inner center to flourish, to develop. And so Solomon says, one who knows a mitzvah, one who guards a mitzvah, will not know evil. And then he goes on to say, In a time and judgment, the heart of the wise person will know. But in the Hebrew, it's written in the reverse. It's written, Will know the heart of the wise person. And again, here we have the order of intimate, deep, intuitive knowledge coming first, then being developed and only then coming back to the inspiration, the process working in the reverse, starting with the intuitive, intimate knowledge and working our way back. And we can do that when we're centered, when we have a core that's centered around an attachment to a good deed, around an attachment to a mitzvah. Solomon goes on to say in verse 6, for for everything in the world is a time and a judgment. Time, we discussed in a previous episode, relates to the fact that there's a flow to life and we need to let go. We need to let it flow through us. We need to just let it happen. That's the ability of letting go. It's a deep, deep ability. Perhaps the most profound choice a person could make is to let go. That's one aspect. And then there's judgment. Then there's discernment, there's rationalizing, there's analytics. We need to go ahead and apply our thinking cap and say where and when and what. Both of those things are so vital. And it's so important to know when to apply what. When to let go and how much to let go and how much to rationalize, how much to analyze, how much to apply a rational mind. And it's so important to know the balance. And again, the way to know that balance, Solomon said in verse 5, is when we're attached to a mitzvah, when we're obsessed with a good habit. So then we're centered around their inner core. Then we can have a little bit of a sense within us of when it's time to let go. When the choice is... To let go when the choice is to really go ahead and define and really apply our power in the sense of, of, of what we can do what we can define what we can choose and so on really about me whereas letting go is really about just a bigger picture but it's so important to know when to apply what and only when we're centered can we properly do that and Solomon tells us in verse six there's a time for everything, there's a time and there's a judgment for everything. For every aspect of life, we need to go through this process of discernment, of judgment, and of letting go, and of knowing when to just let it flow. For Solomon says, The evil of man overwhelms him. He concludes verse 6 with this idea the evil of man overwhelms him. The brokenness, the fact of the, the concept of things not working, of step A not leading to step B and not leading to step C, that will overwhelm the person who doesn't center themselves on an inner core of goodness. There's only one way to really align and center our lives and that's through attaching ourselves to good, good habits. Salmon says, for man does not know what will be without be, having a proper core and being centered on our real inner essence, we have, we're unable to wisely picture the future. No one knows exactly what will happen tomorrow, but the wise person is centered around their core. They have a little bit of a sense of where something might lead them, where a certain action might lead them, where a certain decision might lead them. But without the letting go and without the proper judgment and without the ability to go through all the layers of thinking, to intimate knowledge, to inspiration, to development, without being able to do that, without being centered around the inner core, which would allow you to do that, man has no idea what will happen tomorrow. And even when it happens, Solomon says, who's gonna tell him? In other words, even when events unfold, if a person's not centered, they'll misread what's happening and they'll misapply that information and God forbid make the wrong choice. So to recap, we need to be centered around the inner core. How do we do that? Attach oneself to good habits and that will allow a person to really unleash the potential, the power that they contain, that they have within.